Some artistic works, while pervasive and well known during their time, can often become forgotten as their chronological specificity and their raison d'etre can have them age out of relevancy with the passage of time. Then there are some that, for various reasons, have staying power, periodically resurfacing in public consciousness despite being very much of their time, or maybe because their message is just as meaningful today. One Broadway musical from 1968, which went on to great notoriety and acclaim, still treads the boards today and has left an enviable legacy of music, which was covered by many recording artists, somewhat unusual for the time. It was firmly about the zeitgeist of the late 60s, with reference to the Vietnam War, hippie culture, the sexual revolution, and environmental pollution. It also threw in a bit of astrology to let you know when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then you better believe it's the age of Aquarius and the rock musical Hair. The Dilettante, a Ferrochrome podcast. The idea and script for Hair was formed in late 1964 by Jerome Ragney and James Ratto. Who had both met acting in the off Broadway play Hang Down Your Head and Die, which flopped and closed opening night. They were inspired by the burgeoning counterculture scene in Manhattan's East Village and its inhabitants. While the term hippie wouldn't be coined until a few years later, they both definitely recognized something was in the air and would make a great foundation for an alternative musical off Broadway. Mind you, they had a couple of hurdles to surmount. They needed a place to stage it. And while they had written book and song lyrics, they didn't have any music. One play producer, Eric Blau, naturally found this a showstopper and passed on Ratto and Ragney's script for Hair onto record executive and jazz producer Nat Shapiro, who at first attempted to pair them up with jazz keyboardist Herbie Hancock. When that didn't seem a good fit, Shapiro's second attempt at matchmaking the authors with a composer was Canadian composer Galt McDermott, who couldn't have been more different in appearance from Ratto and Ragney's hippie style with his short hair and tie. James Ratto, Jerome Ragney, and Galt McDermott met in a booth at a Howard Johnson's restaurant and decided to give it a try, with McDermott writing much of the music in a 36 hour stint. Long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, steaming, flaxen, waxen. Give me down. They auditioned this collaboration for play producer Joe Papp, who was looking for an inaugural production for his new off Broadway playhouse, The Public Theater, where he ultimately decided to stage hair in the fall of 1967 for an eight week run. Hair sold out through its run at the public theater, and that might have been its entire life as an off Broadway footnote in New York theater history, if not for one audience member, Michael Butler, scion of a wealthy family who was going to run for Senate on an anti war platform. He was moved by what he saw in Hair. His first notion was to have the cast do a performance at an anti war event for his proposed constituents. 
Butler then decided to drop out of any Senate race and dedicate himself to bringing Hare to Broadway proper as its producer, something he had no experience in. This lack of dramaturgical experience may have actually helped him, as common wisdom of the time would have had such an off-Broadway musical with hippie themes having zero chance as a mainstream production. But Michael Butler was able to attract other investors, his father included, and began to recast and rewrite Hair as a more polished production with a larger budget. On the way to Broadway, there was an abortive attempt to stage Hair in a nightclub on 53rd Street, which Butler felt would draw a younger audience. It didn't, and with more investment, Hare was ultimately moved to the Broadway proper Biltmore Theater. Many future notables would come in and out of the Hare cast, such as a young Diane Keaton, who ended up leaving for Woody Allen's Broadway comedy Play It Again, Sam. There was also Melba Moore, who would go on to great success in the early 70s as a singer, especially with her smash hit This Is It. There was also Keith Carradine, who would go on to a long career as a film actor, along with his brief relationship with co-cast member Shelley Plimpton, who would give birth to their daughter, actress Martha Plimpton. But unfortunately, I lost his address. Hare ran for over 1,700 performances, finally closing its initial Broadway run in 1972 also generating a best-selling original Broadway cast recording. It would also spawn many regional performing companies internationally. Most versions perform and sung in that country's language. As well, the songs of Hare became hits for other recording artists, such as The Fifth Dimension, who won a Grammy for their rendition of Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In. was also the sublime version of Easy To Be Hard by the group Three Dog Night. So Hare would also break open the floodgates for other subsequent Broadway rock musicals such as Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell, and Tommy. There would also be a musical film of Hare in 1979 by noted director Milos Forman which, while deviating substantially from the Broadway script, is still interesting in its own right, having aged well through the decades. Indeed, a major revival of Hair on Broadway in 1990 opened to great success, proving its themes still had resonance. While the age of Aquarius has come and gone, it's a sure fact that hair is still being performed somewhere on Earth, proving that peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. The Dilettante, part of the Fairchrome Podcast Network.